Want flexibility? Take yoga. Want flexibility with your health insurance? Check out United Healthcare Insurance Plans. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, they offer flexible, budget-friendly medical, dental, and vision coverage that may be right for you. More at UH1.com. There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with Plush Care. Plush Care accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. plushcare.com slash weight loss. Hi, this is Chris Wendelin, and you are listening to Candle of Knowledge. So I, uh, in college, had a professor named Dr. Paul Gullifer, who um, was just a really interesting person and teacher, and he, he had one of those classes that I look forward to each week. Um, uh, and I have to, I have to think back. I think it was an advertising class at the time. I was an advertising major, so I'm not exactly sure which communication class it was that he taught. But um, I remember who he was as a person and what he brought to class every day and how he taught the material. And um, not long into class, he introduced this um, I don't know, segment, for lack of a better term, this segment each week called the candle of knowledge. And this was just something that he did um, that I look forward to every week. And it was like an outside thing. Like he was very funny. And so sometimes he would, um, I think at the time he had like a teenage daughter. And so he would like one, one time I remember he, he liked with the candle and then he like uh, just said in a very like articulate way, lyrics from a song that she had been listening to. And it was like, um, actually it was the milkshake song. I don't know if like my milkshake brings all the boys to the yard. Um, and, uh, and so he just said, he said that song, just kind of like read it. And it was just like spoken word, just like he, we were all just laughing so hard at him because we had seen this new side of him. He was normally just kind of our teacher. And then he brought in this, this candle of knowledge and he lit it. And it was this very like ceremonious thing. We're all like, what is going on? And then he just like, you know, read these like, with the way he said it, it sounded absurd lyrics. Uh, um, and, and that was like the start of something. And then so each week, sometimes it would be serious. You know, he'd talk about something going on in the news, but there was always just this outside, um, outside of our classroom feel as to like him bringing in um, just something really interesting to think about. And, um, and it was, it was all around this candle. He would blow the candle out and we'd sort of just like, okay, back to chapter five. Or, you know, it just, it would be a break from the normal class routine um, to get us into that. And, and a lot of the things that he did, I remember being funny. Uh, but, but there were those different times when he said, like, let's talk about something more serious. So that in my, my obviously I was an advertising major, so I didn't, uh, I wasn't thinking about my own teaching. I wasn't thinking about, oh, I'm going to use this idea or anything like that. It was just basically, I just really, really enjoyed it. And 
you know, as you have teachers throughout, you know, your your educational career and stuff, you sort of just like pick up on things that they do. Um, even just as a young man, I was just kind of interested in the way that he kind of held himself and just how, how he, he was a captivating person and things like that. So it was definitely something I feel at that time I added to my repertoire, even though not even knowing that, like just something that I, I caught on that I was like, I, you know, if I ever am in front of people, I just really want to have that sort of thing where people are listening to what you say and you, you know, you're able to like make them laugh and just kind of bring this really cool element to the discussion. So that was the very first, just bringing in this outside, whatever kind of people want to talk about this outside, uh, outside idea of the candle of knowledge. college I was just extremely undecided like I um, I went in my freshman year of college as a, a business major and uh, my dad was a very successful business business person and he uh, um, I just didn't know what I wanted to do out of high school and so I thought you know what this seems like the path to go down I'll do it and uh, that's where I kind of started my college career was just studying business classes and and things like that. And then um, I do really like art and I like graphic design and I like, uh, you know, just the creativity in that way. So I sort of drifted from business to advertising. And then that was probably like my, my sophomore and junior year. And so that was kind of like my on the books major. But then at the same time, um, like freshman, sophomore year of college, I had taken my like mandatory English classes and had some teachers that just I really, really enjoyed. And I read some stuff that kind of like, you know, shook me. And, and I was like, oh my, that's like, I love, like, those are my favorite classes. I was studying, getting through the stuff I had to with advertising um, for my major. But then like the stuff I really look forward to is like, you know, reading, um, reading novels and talking about them in, in class and writing about them and things like that. So I had this like parallel um, kind of path. And, uh, you know, after I got rid of those or after, after I finished those like requirements in English, I realized that it was going to start costing money to just keep taking <laughs> the classes that were not exactly productive towards my major. So I was using, um, you know, like any elective I had to just pick up extra English classes, any spare room in my schedule to get uh, to get those just just to be in an English classroom and or a literature or a writing class with some of those teachers that I started to really connect with, um, and they were kind of uh, helping me pull strings. Like I need prerequisites or I need to be an English major to get in some of these classes. They were kind of like oh, you know just. Uh, you, you know, I can help you get get in there, sign up, or, or like whatever I need to do to get around the registration to be in those classes. And so, um, I, I was I was kind of doing both at the same time. And I was an English major uh, on the books. I just really loved it. And there comes some times when I um, uh, was was in some of my advertising classes where I just realized this was not I just did not see myself. Um, pursuing a career in it. It was just, um, like I said, the other classes were just, uh, uh, more influential to me. I was taking like, uh, again, like philosophy class that I just felt like this is the stuff that I love. And the advertising stuff was, was interesting, but it wasn't what I really felt passionate about. And so, 
um, you know, it was like the end of my junior year or like entering my senior year. I'm not exactly sure, but I, I went to my guidance, my guidance counselor and was kind of like, Hey, uh, or I, I guess the guidance counselor is more high school. It was an advisor. It's like, Hey, you know, I'm getting close to this time to graduate here. Uh, I think maybe I can have a double major in English, but what should I do? And it was kind of like, well, you've got all these classes. Why, why, why aren't you just an English major right now? Why, did, why have you been taking all these communication classes if that's not really what you're, you feel yourself doing? It seems really obvious looking back now, but I had this kind of like light bulb moment. I was like, yes, I totally should just shift gears. And unfortunately, it was like late in the college career. But um, so I ended up just graduating with uh, essentially a double major in English and communications advertising and then uh, I was looking into programs that I would be able to get uh, certified as an English teacher to go on and get my uh, master's in teaching and, and um, like do my student teaching and get all the, the, the credentials and classes I needed to, to, to be an education major as well. So from Bradley I went to UIC um, at UIC there uh, I did my student teaching in the Chicago Public Schools so um, I had an awesome mentor teacher named Samantha Sims at um, Martin Luther King College Prep School on the south side of Chicago, and um, I really, I really loved that that experience. I saw myself. I, I was trying to get on at that high school, and they didn't have any openings. I saw myself after my student teaching, uh, which was like the spring of yeah, the spring of '06. Um, that that was kind of how my student teaching ended. Um, just looking for a job. I mean, uh, I was in a class of like 60, 60 or 70 English teachers, you know, all in this cohort, I guess is what it, the formal formal term was a cohort that we were all leaving UIC together looking for jobs. We were all kind of like, okay, we finished, we got our, our teaching certificates and we were just out into the market. And um, like one of our last classes that we were student teaching, after student teaching, my, um, my UIC uh, my UIC teacher came up to me and asked if I would volunteer to do a mock interview, like uh, just for the group. She was going to bring in some retired administrators and um, like do go through like a pretend a mock interview in front of everyone so that they, uh, uh, you know, just to see what an interview would be like, you know, to interviewing for a teaching job and stuff like that. And, um, you know, it was the last day of class. It was like a you know, 5 to 8 p.m. seminar on a Thursday night, and, and usually I brought my dinner, and so like that, and I was just like, oh, gosh, I don't, I don't feel like being nervous about this, I don't, I don't know if I feel like, you know, answering the wrong questions wrong in front of like, you know, 50 to 60 people, and, and she kind of looked at me like, like, do me a solid here, I'm, I'm bringing these, these administrators in, you're my student, I need you to like suck it up and do this mock interview for me. So I was like, okay, all right, I'll do it. All right. So um, that night, um, you know, I went in front of the, the, the cohort and we did an interview with um, one of her friends that was a, a retired principal. And so they brought me, you know, they asked me all these questions about just that I'd probably, people would probably get when they're interviewing to, for, at a school and stuff. And uh, it ended and I, it was, it was kind of fine. I didn't, crash and burn it was I didn't feel like it so I felt just okay that I wasn't embarrassed and uh maybe like two weeks later I'm finishing up um my job at the wellness center 
and my phone rings at that office. Yeah, which is weird because uh, no one ever like no one ever really called me there. It was either, like a cell phone or whatever. So, so the phone rings at my cubicle, and uh, I answer it, and it was Carol Flores. She said, "Hi, this is Carol Flores from Amos Lonzo Stag High School. Would you be interested in coming in for an interview?" And so I was like, "How did you get this?" <laughs> I'm sorry, like, what? I said, I'm sorry, what was the name of the high school? And uh, she's like, Amos Lonzo Stag High School. Um, we were calling to see if you'd be interested in an interview. And I didn't apply yet anywhere. I was just getting my, like, resume ready. I was getting everything ready to kind of send out. And she called me, and I was like, what is happening? <laughs> like, so I'm Googling the school. I'm like, I'm just totally, I mean, it was like the... Uh, you know, this phone call, it was like my destiny, basically, that I, uh, like, I'm like, oh, absolutely, uh, what, what day would you like me to come in? Like, I, I'll do, yes, I'll take the interview, yes, please, you know, um, who am I meeting with and all this stuff, and they're like, well, we'd like you to come in and talk to uh, the principal and a division chair, the English division chair, um, and, you know, whatever, set the date, so then I'm like, hung up the phone, I start Googling Steg High School, and I find it, it looks like amazing, this website, I'm just like, so excited, I'm so confused, kind of, and uh, then uh, my uh, my mentor teacher sent me an email and asked if anybody had contacted me at Steg, and I was like, yeah, I just got this call, what is going on? And she said, well, the, uh, you know, the mock interview uh, was a retired administrator from District 230 who... Uh, still talks to people and was impressed and and uh, passed your name on. They had an English opening at um, or a few English openings in the district, and so they wanted to bring you in. And so, uh, you know, never had I been more uh, just happy <laughs> that I took that opportunity that she gave me to do the mock interview. And I think back about like how I was teetering on, you know, maybe even like not going to class that night or telling her no or you know how it goes just like you just you want to get through stuff and the you know the fact that that like one thing that like 20 minute mock interview pretty much like changed the trajectory of my life normally being a little extra can be a bit much but when it comes to healthcare, it pays to be extra and United Healthcare makes it easy with Health Protector Guard Fixed Indemnity Insurance Plans. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, they supplement your primary plan, helping you manage out-of-pocket costs without the usual requirements and restrictions like deductibles and enrollment periods. So when it comes to covering your medical bills, you can feel good about being a little extra. Visit uh1.com to find the Health Protector Guard plan for you. Quality sleep is essential. That's why the Sleep Number Smart Bed is designed for your ever-evolving sleep needs. Need a bed that's firmer or softer on either side? Helps you sleep at a comfortable temperature? Sleep Number Smart Beds let you individualize your comfort, so you sleep better together. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now, save 40% on the Sleep Number Limited Edition Smart Bed for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com slash awards. Only at Sleep Number stores or sleepnumber.com. 
Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with PlushCare. PlushCare accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at PlushCare.com slash weight loss. That's PlushCare.com slash weight loss plushcare.com slash weight loss. That, that was the beginning of, that was the beginning of, of me working at Stag High School. And, um, you know, that summer, they asked if I'd teach summer school, and of course, as, as a new teacher, I was like, absolutely, I'll do whatever you want me to do. I just feel I'm so lucky to be here. <laughs> and they're like, okay, well, we need somebody to teach this brand new class we don't know anything about yet. It's just written, and, and we want somebody new new to do it. It's called Choices in Popular Literature, and um, it was a class that was replacing what was used to be called individualized reading. Um, and I guess it was just a way for senior students to um, take a class where they got to read something they wanted to read and kind of end their high school career off with a positive reading experience sort of thing. Um, so it was like a guided, a guided class, senior elective, pretty low pressure, you know, um, way for students to, uh, to, to take a class that was focused on reading, but they got some choices. So again, I, I was not involved in the development of the class, but when I came in, they were kind of like, all right, you're going to have a lot of students that maybe didn't know what they signed up for, or maybe, you know, they're taking a chance on this. They're, they're just taking this opportunity with the new class. Um, we don't really have any guidelines for you. We just wanted to be focused on reading and analysis. And we really want these students to be able to choose different different books based on, on themes that you develop and um, you know we want to offer this as like a, a a leisure reading sort of class basically with some structure so that was the beginning of choices in popular literature and so I was really excited like I said I was really excited to be to be there um, and it th- th- that class on top of it I was like oh man so you know what are the lists of things that I have to teach and they're like well we really don't have like a list of books that you have to teach. You can, you can go out. We really focus on skills. So we want, no matter what they read, we want them to be able to, you know, analyze the author style and uh, understand theme and, and some of those like uh, basic literary skills, but on the next level, make sure that it's like 12th grade um, rigor of a class that would allow them to, to read something a little bit more challenging and then talk about why it's a, a popular book, uh, in, you know, in quotes, popular, kind of like, what is this a best-selling book? Is this critically acclaimed? Is this an award-winning book? You know, what exactly is this? And then what are the elements of that book? So those are things that they asked me to do. But when I heard that they really didn't have anything in place that I 
um, was going to be kind of mandated to teach them. So uh, that was very exciting to me to be able to pull in some of these things that I had always wanted to do as I was learning to be a teacher. Uh, it, it just sort of was like really awesome that I could start my first year with uh, a lot of freedom to teach what I wanted. Um, I met with other teachers around the district that were also teaching because they offered the class at Sandberg and Andrews. So I remember having meetings with them just about interesting themes like um, identity and uh, social issues and um, relationships. You know, those were like these big themes. And then we designed uh, reading lists based on just doing some research and, and New York Times bestseller lists and things like that uh, that students could choose and then kind of build it around literature circles and and reading response questions and things like that so that students could uh, not only read a book that they choose on a topic or like a kind of book that they want. You can read like you know, a science fiction book about relationships. You can read um, uh, any, any sort of genre that you really wanted and then uh, have good discussions, have sort of like academic intellectual discussions with, with classmates about these books and about how themes overlapped and things like that. So it was really just excited about all that <laughs> as an English teacher, getting into the getting into the game. Uh, uh, the, the balance of structure and freedom for students, I felt like could be something kids really liked. It wasn't right away. This is definitely nothing that I had planned on in the summer going into the class or uh, even right away. This was not part of, of my plan to do something like Candle of Knowledge, but um, I remember that our, that group being really um, just having a good, like, uh, sounds corny, but maybe like vibe. Like we just, I feel like conversations were kind of smooth and um, other people just, just kind of opening up. I mean, when you're talking about books and you kind of break down the walls of maybe like expectations and this isn't my own doing, but just by the nature of kind of a laid back curriculum, I didn't feel the pressure to like make sure that I was drilling all these like writing skills into you, so it's kind of like, all right, let's like read, let's like read a few chapters and like write whatever you kind of feel is interesting to you about. You know, I had like, like I said, that wasn't. I'm not I'm not giving myself credit on that one. It's just like the fact that I wasn't going to have this big final assessment on your writing and reading skills like normal classes. I think allowed it to be that way, and and I think being seniors was really important too. I mean. You know, like toward the end of the day, senior year, everyone's sort of just transitioning and you're ready to go on to, 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 be, to be more independent. You're ready to go on to life after high school. You're, you're starting to get bigger than the walls of stag. You know, you're like, you're like seeing the world and not that you don't do that at a younger age, of course, but like just seniors, like I think senior year when you go in and, and you're really um, trying to, to get people to fit into a box, it, it just... It never goes really well because that, that's the opposite of the way people want to be thinking at that time. You want to be thinking kind of optimistically, just open-minded, and, and the horizon is in is in view, and you're kind of just taking it all in. So, And I felt like that was the best thing about that class was just like uh, everyone sort of shared that, that interesting mentality about like, okay, we're here and we're doing this. We have to be in English class, but at the same time, we're having like we're sort of like seeing it as maybe like a college sort of atmosphere. Like we, we don't have a lot of pressure on these assignments. We don't have a ton of grades in the grade book. We're just doing this. And so as I was just kind of thinking about ways to, to make the most of that time as a group, um, 
you know, I went back to the teacher, like just some of the things that I really, really enjoyed about those classes that I had. And two things sort of like synthesized in my mind. My, my favorite teacher from high school, his name was Gordon Wassell. And he was always just somebody that led just really captivating discussions and, and really got people to think about their own lives and connected content in a way that was just relevant and thoughtful. And um, I just really love that about him. I mean, again, at a time, like I, I talked about uh, Dr. Gullifer earlier at the kind of the end of my college career. And Mr. Wassel was somebody who was a mentor throughout my high school career. And he just sort of had a way of, of posing things in a, in, a, in, a, in a way that helped you think about what was really important and what you wanted and, and just helped, helped you kind of like learn about yourself, you know. And he, he had like a wisdom about him that um, I just always just really, really appreciated as a, as a young person. Um, and then as a teacher, felt like that, that's sort of what I want. I would always try to hope to be like, and he had a sign in his wall. Mr. Wassel had a sign on his board that said, students are not um, containers to be filled, but candles to be lit. That was just something I was like, God, that's so true. And so often students are treated like containers to be filled. Like you go first period, here's a little bit of math. Okay. Second period, here's a little bit of science. We're just pouring this into you. And then, you know, at the end of the week, we, you just got to dump it out on this paper so we can give you a great, it's just, it's very uh, assembly line feel to this idea of like filling a container with knowledge uh, as opposed to, you know, the idea of lighting a candle. And so that was kind of in the back of my mind. And then, you know, Dr. Gold for actually like literally lighting this candle, I thought was like, just, I loved it so much. I was thinking like, I'm going to try this. I'm going to try this. I'm going to try this in class. Um, this is, this is going to be kind of weird. I'm going to introduce it. I'm going to actually light this candle and I'm going to see what happens. I, I had a good feeling about the group being kind of open to it. But at the same time, you know, anytime you, you go outside of your comfort zone and you're kind of like, oh man, this might just be, they might be making fun of me behind my back about this or there's something about it. And, and probably the thing that works and the thing that I liked about it so much as a student is it it's gimmick, <laughs> you know, like there's something about it that's, like oh, okay you're lighting a candle like it's just so different and it's like a but at the same time that's what kind of makes it work you gotta set down your you gotta let down your guard a little bit and be vulnerable and uh and that's what i did so i, I was very nervous that very that first time about lighting and kind of explaining it i'm sure i i'm sure it took me like 25 minutes to try and explain what i was getting at here um I think I remember at the beginning of it thinking that I would kind of bring things um, and then then opening it up to you guys. Or maybe that was just, it took a while for people to kind of volunteer to bring in their own stuff to contribute at the Candle of Knowledge. Um, but also just the name. I mean, the Candle of Knowledge. Like, like looking back, like, like knowledge is sort of this... Uh, yeah, I don't know. It, it's not. It's not pretentious. That's not the right word. But just like the, this idea of like I, we're gonna light this candle, and um, with it will come knowledge. <laughs> you know, this thing. Like it's. And if you like, I, I don't know. In this one way, I just thought it was like the coolest thing ever. On the end, but then every once in a while, you step back and you're like, wait, is this is this is this cool or is this horrible? Like, what is this? You know. So we did it, and I lit it. I lit the candle, and we. I, I wish that I could remember the very first thing that we talked about. I, I don't know what, what happened that time. And then um, 
it was just a part of the week that I began to look forward to. And, and every single time that I did, it, I was nervous, to be honest with you. Like every time, because uh, I just didn't, I don't know, it was like an open mic that, uh, an open mic sort of night that I had no way of knowing what was going to come of it. And I think the coolest part about it was the same thing. And it did sort of evolve from what like Dr. Gullifer um, had done in his class, just in the idea that it was this window to the outside world. And I think with as seniors, there was this, um, this desire again to like talk about things that you didn't normally get to talk about in school, like, or to, um, to throw out a conversation starter or to share something that you, there was never a place to share in school and showcase something um, maybe about yourself or about, I remember certain times students would be like, you know, is anybody else, you know, kind of worried about this or does anybody else just think this is crazy, you know, and then a couple of hands would go up and I feel like those are really just interesting times because like, like I mentioned before, sometimes school doesn't get education right. You know, school is very good at the routine. It's very good at the uh, moving when the bell sounds. It's very good at these rules, but it's not always great at at having like good educational experiences and I think again I, I, I do not take credit for for this but when students brought something to the table that was their own that they wanted to talk about and other students were able to connect and kind of empathize and, and go with it I felt like that was some of the best learning that I got to experience as a teacher you know it wasn't like kids weren't it wasn't the grammar lesson it was this frustration of something or this excitement or um, this article that they read, you know, it was, it was those sorts of things that I felt like were really just getting it right. And the funny thing is, is it was no design by a teacher. It was no, nothing from a teaching textbook. It was simply, let's see what happens when we give students a day of the week to talk about whatever they want to talk about. <laughs> and then like, Guess what happens? Incredible things happen. And you know, as a teacher, you have those students that you want to uh, talk more. <laughs> you know, you have those students that you know there's so much going on beneath the surface, and you know that. Any time that other students are able to hear them speaking is going to be beneficial. And, um, you know, Jarvis was somebody that uh, just, just that was the case. I always got kind of excited when, when that hand went up. And so when it was Candle of Knowledge and Jarvis uh, volunteered to rap, um, I was very, very excited, um, to say the least. And then, you know, then I, then I was just captivated you know honestly I saw this talent come out that I hadn't got to that I'd heard about but I hadn't got to really experience um and the fact that it was all kind of happening in this class I, I was uh, I was thinking about things in two ways you know as a person I was just really excited and into what you were how you're performing right and then as a teacher I just felt like Oh man, like this is all things coming together. This is this silly idea of a candle of knowledge coming to be something that I would always hope it would be where a student that I, I um, 
you know, admire and, and would want to hear their voice is sort of like able to be amplified through this. And then also it's kind of like subliminally thinking, you know, watching this happen, you Jarvis not being able to have a chance to rap or, or, or like share this, I guess, with the class in this way, um, a different way feeling like just, just, just like so happy that the stars had kind of aligned and you were brave enough to do it. Um, after the Candle of Knowledge performance, Jarvis and I talked uh, more about music, and I do remember um, Jarvis gave me one of those CDs to listen to, and I, I felt like just like the proudest, <laughs> the proudest person that I had this like the that I had this this like product. First of all, um, that I was just like had had a, a way of like continuing listening to Jarvis's stuff, but also just like, I felt really honored that, that Jarvis thought enough of me to, that he would know that, that I would enjoy it, that he would know that I would like, like to be, that I would really appreciate that gift, I guess, is what it says. And, and funny enough, I actually have it right in front of me. <laughs> I have the, uh, I have the black and white album, uh, right here, the black and white album, Papa J final fight records and background productions presents. So, I still have this. Uh, I still have this CD that Jarvis gave me. Um, ha- having Jarvis um, perform at Candle of Knowledge was was something that um, just really, in the moment, again with Jarvis, was something that I just really, really appreciated. It was just one of those moments that um, I felt like something really good had happened, something really good was happening. But then looking back on a lot of those days in the years following where um, I kind of wondered if Candle of Knowledge still had a place. I wondered if um, it was uh, worth continuing. You know, there was there were some groups that definitely were, weren't as receptive to that first group to it. And, it, and I, I did go back to that memory and think like, what if there was someone out there in the class that is like sitting on this rap or is sitting on this poem or sitting on this thing that they would share in school but they don't have a place and, and honestly that experience kind of helped me realize that even if on the surface people weren't into it there could be someone out there that um, was just kind of listening and processing and waiting for that moment wait, waiting for that venue that, that, that candle of knowledge moment to be outside of their comfort zone with an excuse you know no one's ever going to raise their hand and say hey you know what i've got this cool thing i want to share you know but but if it's like if it's a situation is presented and the opportunity is there and everyone's sort of uh prepped and understand that that that's what it's for the candle of knowledge is there to share those things uh i, I went back to jarvis's experience of thinking like i would have hated to not done it that day there might be a student out there that's that's uh, waiting for that opportunity to, to to share something. Uh, honestly, I was just incredibly surprised and, and and honored I think the best way to, to explain it would be honored I mean I think back about that first year and as a teacher as a new teacher I learn more 
from you than I, I, I learned more from you included in, in that group, but uh, I would, I learned more than I taught. <laughs> Basically, thinking about that, and something that always stands out about that group is is Jarvis and I. Um, much like in class, when you want someone to speak up and you just really appreciate their their take on things, and you just you feel like they're doing a much better job of of teaching the class than you, and like you just want. Uh, you know, people are listening to them more than they're listening to you and all those things like Jarvis being someone that, again, I admired. And I, I remember we did have uh, conversations outside of class and just, just someone that I really uh, um, enjoyed talking with and enjoyed having that that experience of like figuring things out by, by no means that I have any confidence as a teacher. And so Jarvis was just somebody that when we uh, in, in that class to look out and see him paying attention uh, and and willing to contribute and just um, and then then that candle knowledge experience uh, is always something that I remember. Obviously, I still have this the CD. It, it was it was something that um, I look back on as a uh, uh, an artifact, sort of of just that whole time. You know, that whole time um, with the class and the candle knowledge and to get that that email um was just one of those times where you felt like this this is amazing like i'm so happy we can reconnect i'm so happy that um that that you reached out to me because again like jarvis is somebody that i don't i I, i'm not on facebook so I, i don't have uh i'm not very good at like reaching back out and trying to connect to people and things like that so i uh i i just appreciated it so much that um that he contacted me and then then to hear more about the podcast it was just like uh it was just it was just so much to try and to try and think about the fact that something that that we had done together and then it felt like a distant memory had been that influential or, or impactful to him i had no way of of ever understanding that it would have had like a long lasting impression and then um you know, I like just felt felt so horrible about Jarvis's parents, and just kind of like hearing more about that story and getting like getting that reconnection just meant so much. And, and then like kind of hearing the the larger idea of the project um, was just was just so inspirational in in um, how he's taking this idea and going to the next level with um, just sharing this concept. It's something I believe in. And, um, and, and I'm actually going to take this to, um, and contact Dr. Gullifer, uh, and, and sort of <laughs> explain this whole long story to him because I really haven't talked to him since 2003. So, uh, I'm kind of gonna do something similar and say, you know, this had a really strong impact on me as a, as a teacher. And then I've been doing it for a long time and then. Jarvis contacted me about this and I talked about you so this is going to become an interesting uh, chain of, of influence back to where I got it as well and I, I appreciate you looking to reconnect with me and sort of um, and just I don't know ma- making me um, aware of this in your life because I think you could have you know you could have t- 
done this project and not thought enough to look back and kind of connect it and understand, but I just want you to know it means the world to me that, um, that you had this experience in my class, but also that you're con continuing. I'm, I'm so proud of, of how you've just continued to make this, uh, a way of, of highlighting other people's stories and, and, and looking into your own experiences through it. And I just, um, it's something that I will never forget. I'll never forget you. I'll never forget this experience. And, um, it's just, uh, as you, as I've, as I've gotten older now, 14, 14 years later, um, from that original, that original experience, um, my perspective has changed, uh, on, uh, life. You know, I have four kids and, um, I, I'm no longer sort of the new kid on the block at school and uh, I see things through my kids eyes now and just the way you know um, the way that that I hope I hope for them to kind of see things as the way that I saw you as a student you know as someone that that just um, loves being creative and loves um, you know, like kind of sharing, sharing your opinion about stuff. And it's just outgoing and, and, and would take time out of their day years and years and years later to contact one of their teachers to let them know that they made an impact on them. Because, you know, in life, I feel like that's just the most important thing. It's not, not where the, the comma goes, but it's those experiences that we have that we're able to reach back and let people know that, that they matter to them. And so, uh, I can't, you know, I can't thank you enough. Candle of Knowledge is a Live Slayer Audio production recorded at My Workstation Works OC. Today's episode was a special episode as a prelude to Volume 3, which is currently in development. If you want more details, please visit candleofknowledge.com. That's candleofknowledge.com. All right. Thanks for listening. If you like what you heard, please subscribe and share with someone you appreciate. That helps me out a lot. Thank you, and I'll see you really soon. 